Tevach and first of all I want to apologize of course that uh, you know we have this show every two weeks and two weeks ago I wasn't here I was in America speaking and uh, I assume that explains the title that Chutzlaretz uh, has that effect on you now of course nobody under 40 knows what I'm talking about but three people over 40 came over and said to me I'm really upset at you because this song has been in my head the entire week from seeing this seeing this ad I guess I must have picked up the reference over there when I was traveling around but uh, but this concept of course of Stairway of Heaven you know some weeks we come up with really bizarre titles um, Rabbi, somebody told me that they uh, were having Rabbi Katz speaking and they uh, he said, what are you going to speak about? He says, I don't know, but here's a list of 20 topics. Pick whatever sounds good. I'll talk about whatever I want. So uh, sometimes the, the, you can't really tell what the title is. And I really try. I really make an effort with these titles that you can really learn from in them. But uh, this one was a, a no-brainer, obviously. Everybody who uh, knows Pashas Vayetze was able to figure out almost immediately what the reference was. They may not have known the particular song reference, but I'm finding the older I get, the less... These things have any meaning to anybody under the age of 50. Um, I don't know if I told this story. I feel, I feel like I told this story recently, but um, when uh, I used to speak on a radio uh, program called Simcha with uh, Ruben Subar, so uh, one week evidently the banter seemed to be a little too much for Rabbi Weinbach, where I teach in our Sameach, and he uh, called me in and he says, You know, this is not appropriate. The two of you are starting to sound like Jack Benny and Fred Allen. I said, Weinbach, do you think there's another two people in Yerushalayim who have any idea what you're talking about? <laughs> this was a big, they were a big comedy team in the 30s on radio. I said, do you have any idea? You know, like, luckily I, of course, am a fountain of worthless information, and so I was immediately able to access what he was talking about. But more and more I find that I pull these references, and, um, and no one knows what I'm saying. So that's fine. Baruch Hashem. Those who do, I apologize. But... Uh, but that's not the inspiration for the, tonight's topic. That's, obvious. that's obviously the reference for tonight's topic, but that's not the inspiration for it. The inspiration comes from a story. This is years ago. These, uh, these shirim are years in the planning. Right? The actual preparation for the shear is usually an hour and a half before I give them. But the thinking about it uh, is usually years in the planning. And that's in fact how this shear really came about. It was years ago that somebody told me the following story. They said, look, I can't have non-from people over my house anymore for Shabbos. I can't handle it. They ask these really difficult questions. I said, really? Like what? I wonder what the topic could have been. You know what I'm so, uh, so they said, well, there was, uh, it was Parshish Vayetzeh. And I told them that, you know, telling you about the Parsha, Yaakov's at the beginning, and he goes to sleep, and he has this dream, and he sees these angels going up and down this ladder. So he said to me, and I explained to him that these were the Malachim from from Eretzrael who had to go up and then the Marochim from Chutzlaz had to come down to go with them and he said to me I don't get it if they're angels why don't they fly? I said that's what's bothering you he said I didn't know what to say I was totally stymied why are the angels climbing up and down the ladder why don't they just fly? Now, 
I, this question inspired me that the next time I come to Pais Vayetze, and I'm almost never here, if you ever, you know, those of you who, uh, follow, you know, who, who get the tapes and, you know, you follow along in the tape catalog, very few on Vayetze, I'm usually in America for Vayetze, but, um, but I was waiting for an opportunity to come back and answer this question. And, um, and in the interim, my son-in-law told me the following story. Now, I have to add a caveat. Because occasionally, in Shurim, I tell over stories which, um, it turns out later, have no basis in fact. But I heard the story from somebody reliable, and uh, I say it over. So I say this over, I heard this from my son-in-law, Hananya Pavlov. If it turns out not to be true, I'll give you his number, and... Uh, you can talk to him. But I, I heard this story. He, he, you know, uh, it, it's certainly interesting. There was uh, an old Jewish Shalayim. This fellow passes away. And he leaves in his tzavah that he should be buried with his divrei Torah. He doesn't want his divrei Torah to be exposed. He wrote them down for himself. And he doesn't want them published. So they go to the Rav Yushalayim with Tzavah Yushalayim and Zonenfeld. And they say, what do we do? This fellow says to bury his divrei Torah, but maybe there are gems, and maybe there's brilliant insights. He's He says, look, open it up to one, read it, and let's decide. So they get the Ksavim, they bring it to him, and they open up the first one, or they flip open to some points, Pashas Vayetzi. And he asks the following question. It says, the Malachim were climbing up and down the ladder. They were angels, they had wings, why didn't they fly? And the chance he gave is, they must have been young angels and they didn't grow their wings yet. <laughs> and the Yitzchak and said, it's no problem, you can bury them. <laughs> anyway, I'm in a story in a story. <laughs> but this guy says, I don't know what to do. He says to me that they were angels, they had wings, why didn't they fly? And I said to him, then it does make sense. That's your question? Do you really think angels are like in those paintings? They have real wings? These are spiritual beings. They don't fly. Where you know, it zoom, 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 you know what I mean? When I was a kid and I sought truth wherever I could find it, so I when I was in camp there used to be people who brought in these um uh, brought in these uh, mythology magazines that uh, they called comic books but uh, the purpose was of course to investigate various uh, thoughts and fantasy directions and uh, purely as a research I, I read some of them at the time and uh, there was this group called the X-Men which was made up of mutants and one of them was named Angel he had wings and he flew but I don't think real Malachim have to really worry about, like, wind shear. You know what I mean? You know, and getting clearance. You know, it's like the Malachim are running up and down, you know? So maybe they took the angels so that this way they would, it would, what they call stacking at Kennedy Airport, if you've ever had to fly in there, you know what I mean? One after another coming in, you know? I don't think that's what's really going on. These are spiritual beings. They don't have to fly either. What's the whole idea that they have wings? What are we talking about? So that's what inspired me for this evening's shear. Now, I have to say by way of introduction, I am um, excellent, most times, picking out questions that so, are so incredibly obscure that very few people talk about them. Often I pick ones that nobody talks about, no one has ever heard. And so that leaves me free reign to make up anything I want, right? 
And I use that opportunity. At every opportunity that I can. Now, the, um, the amazing thing is, um, only one time I have to say it was, it was in a shear like this. It was on Parshas Mikates, I remember. I got stuck completely. I came up, I made up a question, and I never found an answer. I never did. I found something else to talk about to kill the hour, but uh, we filled it up. Afterwards, people told me it was one of my best shiurim, which said something about when I am prepared. But uh, um, I'll just share the story, the question with you now. Maybe somebody have it. It says that it's a precious It's coming up that when Yaakov sends these matonis to Tzafas Paneach, says he takes him eximus aretz. He takes him from the things that it tells praised botanim, which Rashi tells us are pistachios. I said, what in the world? And it's the only time that in the entire Torah this word appears. I said, what is the significance of pistachios? And I don't know to this day. I have the slightest idea. But it's a great question. Those are the kind of questions I shoot for. This week I chose the story of what does the ladder represent to the Malachim going up and down? There's tons of information. I have the exact opposite problem. Instead of having nothing to draw from, I have too much to draw from. As such, I have so much information that I... The, that I run the risk this evening of the thoughts sounding a little disorganized and the reason for that is is because the thoughts are a little disorganized and I'm going to give you as much as I have as best as I can and I leave it to the studio audience to take it home and work it out for yourself that's the best that I can do in any event that's what we're holding I'm, I'm saying all this by way of introduction let's get down the story we all know that Yaakov runs away and as he's running away, Vayifka Bamakom, and he bumps into the place. Such a strange lotion. First of all, we don't know what the Makom is. And then it says Vayifka. He bumps into it. Right? What does it mean he bumps into it? And Rashi tells us this is the concept of the Kfisa Saderach that is described in Chulin. That Yaakov is going up to Haram, then he realizes he must have missed the base of Migdash. He goes backwards, and Haram Maria jumps out of its place and meets him. Right? Boom. If you have never been hit by a traveling mountain, it is difficult for us to understand the deep significance of this particular Pasek. But that's what Rashi tells us. Boom. He bumped into the place. And he slept there because the sun set. We spoke about this last year, we spoke about Yeshua Shem and Eber, right? That he had to slept for 14 years beforehand. We theorize it's because Yeshua Shem and Eber didn't have a dormitory. But uh, he bumps into the place and he goes to sleep because the sun sets. What does that mean? That means it was not time for the sun to set. Suddenly, boom, it's night. And Yaakov says, oh, guess I should go to sleep now. This is a Kodesh Baruch who's sending me a subtle message. If in the middle of the day the sun ever sets, I'm not talking about an eclipse, I'm talking about, boom, it's suddenly night, there's usually a message in that for you. The message Yaakov interpreted is, I guess I'm supposed to go to sleep. And he takes the rocks and he puts it around and he lies down to go to sleep. Yeah. And he dreams. And there's a ladder that is resting on the ground and its head goes up to the heavens. And the Malachim are going up and down the ladder. And then Hashem is standing over him. What happened to the ladder? So one pair says Hashem is on the ladder. Others say the ladder disappeared. But there's Hashem standing over him. 
if he sees the Malachim going up and down the ladder, and then the ladder disappears and Hashem is standing over him, then the ladder serves no purpose whatsoever. What do you see the ladder for? Hashem's coming to talk to him. So this is the trailer. You understand? Oh, no, the coming attractions. You know, stand by for the ladder. You understand? Coming, this fall. You know, there's the ladder. Allah is up and down. Boom. Now comes to our, you know, feature presentation. Ta-da! HaKadosh Baruch Hu standing over you. But the ladder serves no purpose in the story. Why is the ladder there? I'm Hashem. I'm the God of Avram, the God of Yitzchak. The land that you are lying on, I am going to give to you. From this Rashi tells us an absolutely bizarre thing. That all that show contracts under him. The entire place, whoop, grabs together. That explains a beautiful point. Why would Rashi tell us that the angels of Eretzel are going up and the angels of Chutzlaretz are coming down? He's not. He, he's got plenty where to go. But if all Eretzel took contracted, then as soon as you step out, you outside of Eretzel. Huh? Anyway, so he says, "This land that you're lying, I'm going to give to you. And you will spread out in all directions. Obviously, because this is not a lot of space, right? It's going to spread out, and you're going to spread out." And from you will be blessed all the families. I will be with you. And I will watch you over your journey. And I guarantee I'm going to take care of everything. I'll take care of you. That's, that's pretty good guarantee. And suddenly Yaakov wakes up. Oh no, Hashem is in this place and I didn't know. And as Rashi says, and if I knew, I never would have went to sleep here. But you just had the first Nevoah of your life. Why don't you come up and say, oh my goodness, I had a Nevoah, it's unbelievable. He says, oh my goodness, this place is so kadosh. If I knew, I never would have gone to sleep here. But then you would have missed out on the Nevoah. I know, but how do you go to sleep in such a Makam Kadosh? I never would have gone to sleep here. This is Beis Elokim and Shah Shemaim. So there are those who say, why does he say this is Beis Elokim? That's the vision where he sees Hashem. Shah Hashemayim. That's the Malachim going up and down. This is the gate to Shemayim, and that's where the Malachim are going up and down over here. And this is Beis Elokim. That's why I met Hashem here. Right? Okay. But if I had known what a Kodesh post, it says I never would have gone to sleep here. The Yash came Yaakov Baboke, and then Yaakov woke up in the morning. Okay, let's try that one again. Yaakov suddenly wakes up from his sleep, and he says, Oh my goodness, look how nowhere this Bakum is. If I knew, I never would have gone to sleep here. Then he wakes up in the morning. Work with me here. If you wake up in the morning, you had to have gone back to sleep. So some people tried to say to me, no, Ayashke means he, he got started early in the morning. At, uh, I don't buy it. Ayashke means he woke up in the morning. So there's, I wanted to devote an entire year to that, which I perhaps will do in the future. So be watching in the years to come. But, uh, but uh, I try not to do the same posture two, you know, two years in a row, so it will be at least in two years. But... Uh, 
But the simple shot, the simplest shot I, I ever heard was, after he got the Nevoah, he went back to sleep to see if he'd get another Nevoah. That doesn't fit in with what we just said before, that, it, that he said that if I knew how Kadosh this place is, I wouldn't have gone to sleep, even though I got the Nevoah. But okay, follow that away. But Yikach is a heaven, Hashem, 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 and he takes the rock, and he makes him a seva, and pours oil, but Yikra Hashem, 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 why that's significant is for another discussion. But Yikra Yaakov Nedr, and Yaakov makes a Nedr. And he's going to promise to Hashem, if you're with me, if you have a king of Madi, if you'll be with me, and you keep me on all the places I'm going. But Hashem just promised you he's going to do that. I just promised you. What are you even there for? And you'll give me bread to eat and clothes to wear. You know, once you're making a deal with the Kajbarko already, go for it. Give me bread to eat and clothes to wear. And what about a car? And what about speckled sheep? You just can't have enough speckled sheep, as we see later in the parsha. We spoke about that some years ago. But if Hashem will be with me, gives me bread and clothes. Well, Hashem will and Hashem will be for me Elokim. That sounds a little strange, because then it sounds like, and if He doesn't, I didn't know you could make those kind of conditional arrangements with the Kadosh Baruch Hu. And then I will give you my son. So there's obviously lots of problems here. The one that I'm sure was bothering everybody, of course, is how could you read this and not be bothered by that, is he sees the latter, Mutzav Aritza. What does it say, Nitzav Ba'aretz? What's Mutzav Aritza? Standing on the ground. Just Nitzav Ba'aretz, standing on the ground. What's Mutzav? Standing. It's a strange way to say it. What's the purpose of this vision? Why did he make the nether? Hashem already promised him. Um, why do you need this idea of Hamaria coming to greet him? We know that he died Meirev as soon as he came to this place. He was Machadesh Meirev at this point. I guess you could say because it suddenly got night. So, as, as we heard, so it wouldn't make much sense to die with now. Meirev, though, seems to be an essential part of the story. And... Uh, And I'll tell you another story, question I always had. I always had a question. For whatever reason, he sees this ladder. Now, Pashtus, the way a ladder works, is you climb from rung to rung. Right? That's how it works. What happens if you get tired? You stop and you rest. Now, there's a concept. And the concept is, there's, when we build the Mizbeach, the Torah tells us at the end of Pashas Yisrael, that you cannot make a ma'alois to go up. You cannot make steps. You cannot make ladders. You cannot climb a ladder or staircase to get to the Mizbeach. You have to use a ramp. Now, one reason is because of Sneas, as we mentioned. There's another reason that's given. And that is, that when you have steps, you can stop and rest. If I'm carrying the dam up and I stop, we know there's always a problem if you delay. That's why the clee that they used was a mizrak, 
which was round and came to a point on the bottom with a handle so there was no place to put it down we were afraid if you put the um, blood down it might coagulate and then it would no longer be kosher so you had to do it quickly right we didn't want you to wait so one of the advantages of a ramp is you can't stop on a ramp a ramp you have to keep moving you have to keep moving so how come when it goes up to Shemayim it's a ladder why don't we see a ramp keep moving if you want to get to Shemayim can't stop isn't that the marshal that every one of us heard at some point in Yeshiva we must have had this at some point life is a down escalator if you're not going forward you're going backwards aye what did they do before they were escalators so life was like a ramp a steep hill if you're not moving forward you're going to tumble backwards yeah that's the reality but getting up to Shemayim we use a ladder and of course the question that's bothering everybody is what does this have to do with Shabbos alright it's bothering nobody but somebody who's ma'aneg Shabbos someone who enjoys Shabbos onig Shabbos they give him nachal without any boundaries how do we know that? from this Pesach well I will feed you Nachlas Yaakov You'll spread out in all directions which means you have no limitations no barriers so somehow when he's promising him here that you'll spread out within any directions that's what he's telling him we made reference to another question and that is no we didn't make reference one more question I almost forgot it we had a lot of questions tonight I don't know how many of them we're going to get to but um, but uh, but we do have another one and that's the following he sees Malachim Olim B'yordim and then suddenly Hashem appears to him Nitzav Alav says Rashi L'Shamrei to guard him why? Because as you know, everybody has guardian angels. And in fact, the Goran Brachas tells us, and it's brought down in the Torah Shulchan Aruch, by the time the Beis Yosef wrote the regular Shulchan Aruch, he left out this din. But in the Torah it's brought down halacha, that there's a special tefillah you're supposed to say to your guardian angels when you go to the bathroom, because they don't go in with you to the bathroom. So you say to them, please wait here for me, guardian angels, and I'll be back soon. Speak among yourselves, you know what I mean? You know, special tefillah. But by the time of came around, he says, we're not conscious of this. For us to say that tefillah would be ke'ilah, we know that these Malachim are with us. Most of us are not conscious of the, excuse me, of the angels who are with us. And to pretend that we do would be nothing more than gaiva. So that's why we don't. Understand? I had a complaint somebody said that when people buy the tapes when the side flips over they hear everybody laughing they don't know what joke they missed but this one you don't know what you missed anyway so what does it make anyway okay so that's the idea so so the malochim from Chutzlaritz went up and then the malochim so the malochim from Eitzor went up the malochim from Eitzor are coming down 
So in the meantime, he has nobody with him. Says Rashi, HaKadosh Baruch who stood over him to protect him. But why did you have to do that? Why didn't you have the Malachim from Chutzlars come down first? And then the Malachim, it's all go up. What's wrong with that? In fact, we know that's what took place. The Gemara tells us when they were in the Midbar that when the Amud Ha'esh came in the evening, the Anan waited till it came before it left, and the Anan waited until the Ash um, left to come back down. Lest you think for some reason that works differently by Malachim, then you know at the end of the parak, and in fact, at the end of the parasha, and in fact, it's the simon, one of the simon of this parasha is Machanayim. It says, all the way at the end, Lama Beis, Pasuk Beis, V'yakov Olach L'darkov, Yivkobol Malachai Elohim, Malachim Sha'etzel, Bol Nekrosai, and therefore, So you see, they had no problem working together. So why didn't you have the malochim from Chutzlars come down first? Before the malochim, I saw go back up. We got a lot of problems. Got a lot of problems. So let's try to search for some understanding. I have to tell you, and that, that's what I said at the beginning. There is so much information and so many directions to go in this that to be able to focus on one particular area is going to be a challenge, but we're going to try. Because at the end of the day, we know that Torah is supposed to be Lilmod Ayudei Laasais. We do not learn it merely to learn it. Even the most complicated ideas are there to teach me something. I was in a shir by Rav Moshe Shapiro once, and he says the pasuk, the Aretz says, the Chosh Chafanei home. What's the last says in that pasuk? What am I supposed to do from that? The Torah wouldn't have told me that pasuk unless there's something in it for me to do, to act upon. N- not, not theoretical up in, up in Shemayim. In my life, and ultimately whatever we learn has to be brought down to my life. And that's why when we deal with a concept like this, which seems somewhat esoteric, angels going up and down ladders, well, where's the message in it for me? Right? Ordinary people like ourselves. Or at least like myself. So let's understand. Let's talk a little bit about Malachim. Yeah? We know, we speak about them before Kriyashma. Every, uh, every morning. Kulam Ahuvim, Kulam Burim, Kulam Gibarim. We speak about the Malachim. They are all beloved. They are all clear and they are all strong. Say the Malachim. I say, say the Mepharshim. They are all beloved because they're all clear. And they're all strong because they're all clear. Meaning, we spoke about this, I think, in past years. Somebody asked the Svasemis, how did Yaakov Avinu lift the rock off of the well? 
such a heavy thing. How did he do it? What was he? Uh, was it nace? He was a muscle man? So the Svasama says, no, rip the swarm shrunk. Big wooden bookcase filled with swarm. I, I can't budge it. He says, pick it up. He says, can't. He says, why? Svasama goes over and picks it up. I'm my face. You know? story. Unbelievable. How do you do this? He says, no. You could do it too. But that's what it says in Tehoz Geshem when it talks about this. It says, Yichad Levavai. He united his Yichad Levavai. He united his heart and rolled off the rock. A person who's totally focused and concentrated can do amazing things. Right? I saw a young lady who did not look particularly strong, who was in my seminary class, showed me, you know, she's at my house, and with her hand, which was not, you know, just average type of hand, right? She broke several boards that I had. Some of them I needed, but okay. <laughs> she didn't know at the time. Is that? Yeah. I, uh, I was deeply impressed. I avoided her for the rest of the year. And, uh, <laughs> but she got a good mark on the final. Okay, that anyway. <laughs> but uh, I said to him, I, I, no question, if I did that, I'd break my hand. For sure I'd break my hand. How do you do that? So she says, what they teach you is to focus all of your energy into your hand. And if you focus all your energy into your hand, you can break a board, you can break a have broken bricks, I broke, yep. Yeah. It's not hard. Okay. Sure. You understand? The reason we can't is because we're not focused. We're all over the place. But if you're focused, boom, you can do anything. Yaakov, when he went to take the rock off, that's his entire intention went into that. They say something very famous. You know, it's one of those famous expressions. I don't know who to track it to. And that is, when you say a God will be Israel, a God will be Israel does not mean somebody who does great things. It means whatever he does is Godol. The simplest things he does is small. It's almost the, the earth side of, of Chrysworth, the Tsao, who uh, lives in my building, and I had the discourse to know him. And, uh, and no matter who he talked to, or what he was doing, you felt like you were the most important person in the world. You had his total attention. You know? I learned the Chavetz Chaim, Mashir of Henach. I had a similar experience. There was only one time I went to speak to him, and I felt like I didn't have, I didn't feel I had his full attention. You know? And I found out later, because he was going into surgery for gallstones, he was in terrible pain. He didn't cancel the appointment anyway, because he knew I wanted to talk to him. But that's the only reason I didn't have his complete focus. And that's it. But otherwise, whatever they do, they, picking a, a, a rock off of the well, to him it was like pulling a peacock out of a bottle. But when he pulled the peacock out of a bottle, it was like this giant rock coming off of a well. Everything he had went into that particular action. Malachim are completely focused. Why? Says the Rambam, right at the beginning of Mishnah Torah. There's different things that the world works with. One of the things the world works with is Malachim. Hakadosh Baruch created Malachim, and there are ten levels of Malachim, and he goes through which one's higher, which one's lower, and each one is in their place. And each one has their job. And there is no promotions that take place. No, no seraph is going to become an Ophan. And it doesn't matter how badly you'd like to be an Ophan. And now Ophan is going to be whatever it is. I don't know the exact But I know him. There are different levels. But that's it. This is what you are. And this is your purpose. So Kurama Huvim. Because nobody's jealous. Nobody's trying to get promoted in the angel hierarchy. You are what you are. 
and everybody does what they're supposed to do. And each one has their particular mission and they do what they're meant to do. And that's how they're set up in this world. That's why they're strong. There's no doubts. Everyone knows where they're going. Malachim are essentially static. Yaakov Avinu sees a ladder. And he sees Malachim on the ladder. Because Malachim are on the ladder. These are going up and down. Why are they going up and down? So the Medrash says, they saw Yaakov, they went up to the Kizak covered, they saw Yaakov up there, they said, whoops, we went the wrong way, they went back down, they saw Yaakov over there, whoops, back and forth, up and down, what a way to freak out a Malach, right? <laughs> don't do that, Malachim aren't down here and up there. This is Machlekes Nagmara. When it says, and he sees a ladder, yeah, going up and down, bow. One man the Alma says, on Yaakov. Yaakov himself was the ladder. What's, what's going on here? This is one of the biggest difficulties that we have when we approach a story like this. And, I've, and I, I've, we've talked about this in the past. You know? I mean, Shate once said, Moshe Shate, I heard him once speaking about this, and he says, he says, you know, you hear people say, no, what do you want from me? I'm only a human being. I'm only a human being? If a person had any idea what a human being is, they'd never say that. Uh, here's a medrash. Medrash says, Malachim Olam V'yardim. And why we start with Olam? Why do they go up first? Because there were certain Malachim who couldn't go up. They had to wait to go up. Who are these? These are the Malachim who were sent to destroy Sodom. And they were punished. Because they said, we have to destroy Sodom. We have to destroy Sodom. And so, they were punished. They couldn't go back up to Shemayim. Aye, how do you keep him from going back up to Shemayim? He clipped their wings. <laughs> See, you think they were so young, they were so old, they fell off, is it? He clipped their wings. Obviously, they don't need the wings. But what it means is that their ability to get up to Shemayim was taken away from them. Why? Because these Malachim appeared once before. In a passing reference, where were they? When a Kodesh Baruch Hu was going to create the world, the Malachim complained, what for? A human being doesn't deserve to be created. Look how they sin, look how miserable they are, look how terrible they are. So when it came time to destroy stone, Hashem said to those Malachim, go and destroy it. And they said, we have to destroy stone. They didn't say a Kodesh Baruch Hu. they said, we, why? Because... Hashem is just letting us do what we said should have been done in the first place. People never should have been created. They all stink. And they said, what do you mean you're destroying? Well, I mean, of course you're destroying, but I mean, you know, you sent us because, you know, this is our particular position in life, you know, that people stink, right? He says, yeah, but you, you said the wrong thing. Now you stay. What do you mean stay? Down here with them? Yeah. Why? Stick around. And now they see Yaakov Avinu. And they look at Yaakov Avinu. And they say, wait a second, I recognize him. Isn't he on the keys of that cover? Wait a second. This is a human being? 
And the Kodesh Baruch Hu says, Now you understand why I wanted to create them? Look at what a human being is! Mutsamaritza! He's, he's down to the ground, and yet he goes all the way up to Shemayim! That human being! That's the ladder that you're going up and down on! You can't go up and down! You guys are static! Yes, they're all the way down in the dirt. They're all the way down in the ground. They have a goof. They're physical. But they go all the way up to Shemayim, all the way up to the Kisei Kavod. You don't go anywhere. Now go back to Shemayim. I can't. I have any wings. Climb the ladder. Now you get up to Shemayim. But that's Yaakov Avinu. Now you understand what a human being is supposed to be? Yaakov Avinu is Yisrael. And then Yaakov Avinu is every single one of us. Every single one of us is a human being. Yaakov, from the Russian of Akev, your foot down on the ground, and Yisrael, all the way up in Shemayim, contends with the Kaddish Baruch all the way up in the top. That's a human being. We have the ability to go from the lowest to the highest, to take everything and raise ourselves up to this highest level. He sees the Malachim going up and down, but that's not what's interesting him. Right? Scene change. Here's a Kurdish Baruch Hu. Why a Kurdish Baruch Hu? Because Yaakov Avinu just took the brachas. And what were these brachas? And we spoke about this on Purim two, three years ago. Right? This was the Avoda, the Begodim of other Marisha with the Begodim of the Kohen Gadol. And he would dress himself up before he would go into his father. He was the Kohen Gadol. And now Yaakov took those brachas, and now Yaakov is going to be the Kohen Gadol. Where did he go to sleep that night? We all know that that rock that he put under his head, that becomes the Kosher Kedoshim. That becomes the evidence you see. That becomes the foundation stone of the universe. That's the ultimate point. The ultimate person and the ultimate point joined together in the Kosher Kedoshim. When the Kohen Gadol goes into the Kosher Kedoshim on Yom Kippur, it says, and nobody's there. says the Medrash, including Malachim. Why? Because the Kodesh Baruch Hu says... I want to be alone with you in this special place. When he's not in the Kodesh Kedoshim and he's coming back to Israel, so the Malachim come down first and they can be there together. But when a Kodesh Baruch who says, I want to be alone, you guys go up. Who's going to watch him? I'll watch him. You guys go up. Before Yaakov Avinu goes out into Golis, before Yaakov Avinu goes out to create B'nai Yisrael to become the Jewish people because Baruch Hu says it's just me and you alone together you go from the bottom all the way up to the top if you understand that you're going from the bottom to the top then you reach the highest levels then you understand that your place in this world is here Vayifka Bamakom Yaakov wanted to find Maria, and Hashem takes the mountain and meets him. We go out to greet Shabbos. The two come together. 
And so Yaakov goes to meet a Kodesh Baruch Hu, and a Kodesh Baruch Hu comes to meet them and he tells them, Allah can beat it. All time together. And I'm with you. And I'll always be with you. So he makes a nether. Why does he make a nether? That promise is only good for where I am right now. Sadiqim are never secure, we're told. The Chazal tell us. Yaakov is afraid when he hears Esav is coming. And one of the reasons we're told is Sadiqim are never confident with the promises they've received. Why? Because I received that promise on this level. But now I'm over here. I'm not static. Every day I'm changing. Every day I'm moving and growing. And because I'm always moving and growing, that promise was made to a different person. I'm a greater person than that. Maybe I have to earn that on my own. What's a neder? A neder is exactly that. A neder means I create the Torah. We spoke about this years ago. When I make a neder, it means like this. There is no Israel in eating cherries. But if I make a neder, ugh, cherries stink. I'm never eating a cherry again. I have now created a new mitzvah in the Torah called Thou shalt not eat cherries. And if you have hasra and adem, that you ate cherries, you get malchus. Punishable by the Thou shalt not eat cherries law that you created. Completely on your own. You changed, you grew, you're somebody else. Yaakov says, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to be content. And the last thing he says is, I'll give myself from everything. Because whatever you give me is kadosh. And whatever you give me changes. Those of you who are doing Dafyomi, those who are left, the time when we separate the men from the boys. This is the only time when people proudly carry their art scrolls through the streets as opposed to hiding it in the back. They are because they are in deepest, darkest Erevin. Erevin comes after Shabbos in order to shake off all the people who joined Dafyomi because they want to go to a party at the end. That's Erevin. That's what Erevin is about. Yeah? I put my tchum over here and I'm over here and now the city goes like this and I go over there and he comes like this and I'm under a tree which side of the tree that side of the tree this side of the tree let's open up all the picture books it won't help you <laughs> but it's fun to look at but that, that Aaron, what does Aaron teach us? on Shabbos you don't leave your makam Wherever your koveya, your makom ben hashmashos, that's your makom. If it's in your house, if it's where you put your bread, if it's the point that you picked, if it's where you're standing, you create your makom, and that's it. Your tchum is from 2,000 armos from wherever you are. That's your makom. Or wherever you put your bread, or wherever you put whatever. That's your makom. And as the sun is setting, and the day is ending, and Bain Shmashos is coming, the Harbayas says, Yaakov's not going to get here. Boom. It jumps up to greet him. This is your Makom. This is your place. Here, in the Kosh Kedoshim, with me, alone. On Shabbos, 
there's nothing to worry about and nothing to be afraid. My live, we daven at night because nighttime is scary. That's when the monsters come out. Everyone knows that. You turn off the light and you see them in your closet. Your mother says it's just a jacket on a hanger, but we know better. <laughs> and there's a branch that swings outside of your window and you see the guy hanging from the gallows on your wall. <laughs> there's nothing there, there's nothing there. I said, I said, I said. There's a whole series of Calvin's and Hobbes that are based completely on that. You know, all the months of them, wait till mom leaves and we'll get them, you know what I mean? <laughs> Nighttime is scary. You know what's so scary about it? Why is he scared? There's no monsters, guaranteed. This is a monster-free zone. Why is he scared? Because in the darkness, you sense nothing but your own existence. Everything ceases to exist. There's nothing left. There's just you. Unless you know that there's you and a Kurdish Baruch Hu. If you don't know there's a Kurdish Baruch Hu, then after you die, it's really scary. Because you think it's just you. At night is when we dive in Myriv. At night is when it's dark. You're not allowed to daven unless you have kavana. Right? Daf Yomi yesterday, I think. Yeah? Okay. Yeah? If you have kavana, otherwise you can't daven. You have to be focused. And if you're betzaris, you're betzar, if you're torrid, if you're worried, Yaakov, at night, in the darkness, and it wasn't normal darkness, it was chveis, two o'clock in the afternoon, boom, good night, and then, that's it. Darkness. He could daven with all his kavana. Soros didn't frighten him. He's on his way out to his uncle Levin, the crook, the Russia. He's leaving Asaph and going to Levin from the frying pan into the fire. It's scary. It's frightening. What's waiting for me? I don't know what's going to be. It's terrifying. I can daven with kavana. On Shabbos, you can't worry. It's also to worry. I see people nervous about whether or not they're going to worry. Because you're not allowed to worry on Shabbos. <laughs> These are the same people who feel that terrible pressure to be happy on Sukkot that they get depressed. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh gosh, I can't take the pressure to be happy. Oh, yeah, yeah. Shabbos, you can't worry. Right? Put down that hammer, because all your work is done. That's it. Nothing to worry about. Everything's taken care of. I'm not allowed to worry. What's going to be? What's going to be? I don't know what's going to be. Miss Shabbos Garrett. No, Shabbos Garrett. I don't want to hear about it. Understand? Yeah, but what's going to be? We have to. Don't worry about it. Everything's done. Everything's finished. There comes a time when everything's finished. Or, as I think we mentioned in the last year, when you die, your inbox will not be empty. You will never have taken care of everything. No one ever finishes everything as this one woman who decided she was going to finish all the laundry. This was important to her. 
and she collected everything from every room and she washed everything even though she was putting up two things in a wash she didn't care and after everything was done washed, folded and put away she sat down and suddenly was gripped with a sense of despair oh no they're wearing clothes <laughs> we're never finished we live in a state of entropy there's always more to do there's always something to do not on Shabbos Shabbos it's over that's the Makkum of Yaakov there's nothing to worry about that's Myrav there's nothing to worry about there's nothing to worry about we're with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. and therefore it doesn't matter what comes and what happens even if the Malachim go up and these don't come down I've got HaKadosh Baruch Hu with me we're in the Kadosh HaKadoshim we're in that Makkum Shabbos is that Makkum the Kadosh HaKadoshim is that Makkum that's the place we're going even when we're going off into Gullahs we know we're going someplace there are those who say why were the Malachim climbing up and down the ladder because compared to Yaakov once they saw what a real human being was like they couldn't use their wings wings imply that I'm flying up I'm not going anywhere I go bit by bit now there's another point that we have to address and that is why a ladder and not a ramp I don't know if we answered all our questions but we'll get to as many as we can before the uh, tape runs out anyway why, why a ladder and not a ramp Sulam has the same numerical value as Sinai a Sulam is a ladder and of course it's higher Sinai I he's the Mokum base of Mikdash as we all know, Ki Mitziyan Teitzei Torah Udvah Hashem Yerushalayim From Har Sinai And we mentioned the Ramban at the end of Pasha Shmos many times that the, uh, that the Mishkan was basically a traveling Har Sinai It's the It's the Besamikdash and Torah are two things that overlap Yaakov was coming with the power of his father, Elokei Yitzchak, which is the Avodah to the base of Mikdash. And we know there's three things Torah, Avodah, and Gemilz Chasadim. His father is Gemilz Chasadim. Yaakov takes Gemilz Chasadim and adds to it Avodah, and Yaakov comes and adds to that Torah. And there's a Sulam, there's a ladder. Why? To do the Avodah, you're on a ramp when you have an obligation to do in this world there's no time to rest Bikesh Yaakov Leishev Veshalva Yaakov wanted to sit you don't sit in this world this world we do a voda. this world we're going someplace but as we grow in our Torah in our Sinai yeah there are steps there's a process of attaining Torah and there are no shortcuts people look for shortcuts but there are no shortcuts I had a guy once in yeshiva and he started in the bottom shear and he moved into my shear at the time I was giving the second shear and he said I don't plan to be here long because by the end of the year I'll be in the top shear and by the end of the year he was in the top shear his skills were no better than when he was in the bottom shear 
I don't think he belonged in the top shear. But he knew how to annoy people to the point that they were happy to move him up. There's an idea of promotion based on annoyance and whining. And it works in life. A lot of people can achieve that. They're just good, 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 better next year. He didn't plan on saying that afterwards. He had to tell people he was in the top shear. A person who feels driven, well, I'm not going to take the ladder up. You have to get one idea and another idea and build. I can't tell you how many people you meet who are at a point in their learning where they can't tell anybody they don't know how to make a laning. Because, what are you doing in Yeshiva Gadola? You, you can't make a laning, you know? Well, uh, 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 so they don't do that. So they bluff. They work their way around it. They, they come up with whatever trick they can to hide the fact that they never got the elementary skills. But it's a ladder. It's built on one thing on top of another thing on top of another thing. I, uh, there's, there's this, we, you know, this group out there called the Kabbalah Center. They're going to teach people Kabbalah. So what does it do? So now this inspires everybody. I don't want to learn, I don't want to learn Torah, I want to learn Kabbalah. And the person started with Kabbalah, the whole idea is bizarre. Pardes, Pshat, Remez, Drash, Said. Four rings in a ladder. Four rungs on the ladder. You've got to climb up. If you don't know Pshat, what are you doing? You have to raise yourself up. There's a level that you have to attain. One thing is built on the other. Yes, right now I'm doing a mitzvah. I have to, I have to do it with Jesus and I have to put everything into it. And I have to. But as I'm growing in my understandings, then I have to climb a stairway. Then I have to go, then I have to go by rungs on the ladder. Meaning, going up to Shemayim, it's a ladder. Because going up to Shemayim, you have to work your way up. Learning Torah, Sinai, which is Sulam, to be able to accomplish is a process. Doing the Avoda down here, Taka, Malachim want to get up there, they need wings. But compared to a human being, they have no wings. They're stuck where they are. It's generation after generation after generation. We have been in Golis for most of our existence. First base of Middash stood 850 years. Second base of Middash, oh, excuse me, uh, the Hot Kufa, when we came to Israel the first time, we had 150 years. The second time was 420 years. Out of our 3,300 year history, most of it has been in Golis. That's the reality. We've been in that darkness. We've been in that night. We have nothing to rely on but a Kodesh Baruch Hu himself. We are living in an existence that's filled with worries and with problems and with difficulties. And what's the saddest existence that we have to struggle with? Most of us don't even realize there's a problem. That's the saddest. We don't even know what we're missing. That we should be in the Kosha Kadoshim with a Kodesh Baruch Hu on that level. That as we have the simplest things on the ground, we should be up at the Kisei covered at the same time. That we can shine, that we can stand, that the Malachim look at us in awe and don't even know where we are or what we are. That this is the whole purpose of our creation is lost on us. If we only knew our greatness, if we only knew our grandeur, 
Rabbi left when he spoke here, just before Tishabov, he said, you know, people talk about self-esteem today, they don't understand what self-esteem is. Self-esteem means, let me do what I want, and don't say anything to me, otherwise I'll feel bad. And that'll hurt my self-esteem. So that's not self-esteem. Self-esteem is appreciating how great you are, and therefore understanding what you're capable of. But people don't have self-esteem when they don't appreciate how great they are. But if you're great, if you're capable of greatness, if everything you do is Godol, if every place you go is, is up Arashamayim, and that's the possibilities you have, then how does a person settle for second rate? How does a person, how does a person think, I need anything more than what Yaakov said, now, bread and clothes, make sure I get back here, okay? What else do I need? The world can be all dark. I can be going out into Gullis, 20 years on work, day and night, in the freezing cold, and the burning heat. I know you're always with me. I know I'm never alone. I know I don't have to be afraid. I know I'm great and I'm capable of greatness. It takes time to realize. You know, I, I, I say this all the time. Learning takes a tremendous amount of confidence. People don't have confidence. That's why learning is hard. When a person who's starting opens up a black Gemara and you look at it and it's just all these Aramaic words and it's just so overwhelming and if you get an art score just so you have to pay, turn 16 pages just to get to the next daf you know what I mean you know whatever the case may be but it's like you know you, you just look at how much there is to do it's overwhelming how am I supposed to learn all this when you get older you get more advanced in your learning and then you sit in a high level shear and you hear the brilliance and the slurs and trying to understand it you say oh, I can't handle this we've mentioned in the past you know, when it gets dark, the stars shine. And Klai was compared to stars, as we were told at the beginning of Shmos. We have greatness inside of us. And the tragedy is we never realize it. We don't understand that the Besamidosh is running to come and meet us. We don't understand that we're down on the ground, we're Yaakov, Akiv on the ground, but that we're all the way up in Shemayim, Yisrael. The greatness that we have if we understood what we're capable of, we mentioned this in the past. We blow shofar on Rosh Hashanah, that last blast, and it confuses the Satan. Why? It's a Satan. Why? Because he thinks Mashiach is coming. The Satan falls for the same stupid trick every year. Ted says the Satan's not stupid. We are. There's nothing stopping that from being the blast of Mashiach except for the fact that we don't believe it can do it. But if we knew what we could do, I'm just a human being. I went to Ray Bowman. I said, you know, what do you want from me? I'm just a push of the year. He said, who do you think you are that you could be considered a push of the year? Do you know what a push of the year is? Do you know the greatness of a year? That's Yaakov Avinu lying there with all the Israel underneath him. That's Yaakov Avinu with the rocks fighting to become his pillow. 
That's Yaakov Avinu looking at the Malachim going up and down because when Yaakov Avinu is going up, then the Malachim are going up. And the whole Bri is going up. And when Yaakov Avinu is going down, the Malachim are going down and the whole world is going down. When you understand the greatness that you have, that the entire world is on your hands, then we would daven like we thought someone was listening. And we would daven like we believed it would make a difference to the world. And we would do mitzvahs because we understood that we're bringing ourselves up to Shemayim. And we would do it with the same kavanah that Yaakov Amir pulled the, the, the rock off or the semi go broke up rock. And we don't know it. And as long as we don't know it, the setting goes... Phew. When we know it, then the Sultan doesn't even try anything. He comes down, Cyrus Ha'asim comes down himself to beat up Yaakov. He says, I had enough of you. And Yaakov grabs him and bends his arm behind his thing, behind his back, and then clips his wings. He says, Let me go. He says, No. Malach, tough guy. Let me go, let me go. I'm a man. I'm Yaakov. You're nothing. You're an angel. Who do you think you are? I'll take your wings off. Don't take my wings I'll take your wings. The Satan, I'm afraid of the Satan. People come to the Eight Star Rock. The Eight Star got you. Punch him out. You're a human being. You have the greatness of the world in you. And we let ourselves get pushed around and pushed around by all the forces in the world that control us. It's dark. Usually this time of year I say it's dark and it's cold. It's dark and it's hot. <laughs> Beats the heck out of me. I don't know if you want to believe in global warming, but it's, it's pretty scary. I don't know what's going on over here. So it's freaking me out. But... Uh, the air conditioning should not be turned on in December in Yerushalayim. There's a problem going on. I don't know. But it's dark. I'll tell you that much. That I can figure out. It's dark. And times are hard. And, and people have said it over and over again that the biggest Yetzirah we have to battle is Yish. They call it self-esteem. It's not self-esteem. It's yish. We give up. You know why we give up? Because we whine. What do you want from me? And what can I do? How can I get out of bed in the morning? How can I end the things? Everything's too much for me. Everything's too hard. What are you talking about? My Lord is sitting there waiting. We say, we say, before we come to Kriyashma, we tell about the Malachim. And the Malachim say, Kadosh, 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 why? Because Chazal tell us that the Malach was sitting there waiting for us to say Shema. Then they respond. They're waiting for our Kedusha. And then they respond. First comes us. Then comes them. When they hear Shema, then they can respond. But they're waiting for us. The fact that by Musaf we put, we put Shema into Kedusha is because they're waiting for us. When, when we do what we're supposed to do, then the Malach first kick in. But they're mere angels. We're human beings. We are the ladder. They climb the ladder. We are the ladder. We climb up in our Torah. We climb up in our Voda. We climb up in our Gilead Chasadim. We run up the ramp because we're in this world to do something. How tragic. 
that people let life slip out of their hands and let opportunities go. It's almost Hanukkah. And the Greeks had a better understanding of what our power was than we did. And they took away Shabbos. And they took away Torah. And they took away Bismillah. And they took away, they took away Rosh Chodesh. They took away the things that they knew. We run the world. This world and the next world. They tried to pull down the ladder. And if we understand the greatness we have and we work to make it reach a fruition, then Amir Hashem, every one of us will themselves be that olam the way it's supposed to be. Amir Hashem.